Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, um, thank you, Emily, and thanks everybody for having me. Uh, my name is Julie. I'm a compulsive overeater. And uh, holy crap, 10, 11, and 12? My God, I'm going to do the best I can. Um, uh, okay, so I need to kind of get grounded here and start with some basics. Um, I don't know about you, but I came into Over Your Stomach with a very bad attitude. And if I saw a person like me who appeared to be a normal weight, I would think, okay, First of all, I apologize to the tape people. Some of this language could be what could be considered colorful. I will try and keep the F words to a minimum. But uh, what went through my mind, and I'm just being honest, is what's that skinny little shit doing in an OA meeting? And then the skinny little person said that she'd been abstaining for five years and had been, was maintaining 110 pound weight loss and she had my undivided attention. So I'm just here to tell you that I've been coming to Overeaters Anonymous now for 40 years, and I am currently abstaining for 36. Uh, my top weight in this program was probably over 200. I don't know. I quit weighing at 189, but I continued to binge completely out of control for another six weeks after that. So I'm guessing the 200 mark is there because I, I came into OA and I really didn't like you guys were talking English it is my first language but I didn't understand a lot of what you were talking about all I knew is I just wanted to I just wanted to lose some weight and I'd already tried many many weight loss programs and paid lots and lots of money and read lots and lots of books I have never tried so hard in anything in my life and failed so completely so I came in here and the first, you know, the first time and um, I lost, I lost weight, you know, cause I followed a food plan and I had a sponsor and I went to lots of meetings, but I really didn't work the steps to the degree it's necessary, you know, honesty, open-mindedness and willingness. And I got down to 98 pounds while in this program thinking if I just got thin enough, I'll feel like someone who works the steps felt. Well, that wasn't the case. And because I had no effective mental defense against that first compulsive bite that the big book tells us comes with a relationship with a higher power and cleaning house, um, I began compulsively overeating at an OA retreat, no less. But I eventually just went out and said, you know, F it. Which was like climbing a high dive ladder and jumping three times on the on the diving board and diving into a pool with no water in it. I put on 16 pounds in six days and I went from 98 to 200 in less than three months. And this was in Southern California in June, July and August where temperatures are over 100. And by the time I was through, I could not fit into my uniform that I wore for work. And I had to wear a black sweater over the back because I could not zip it up. I am one of those people that eats like a wino drinks. I don't stop when I'm full, I stop when it's gone. I don't bathe, I don't go to work when I'm eating compulsively, when I'm on a jag, as Bill Wilson would say. Um, and so that's who you're listening to today. 
okay? Um, a friend of mine likes to say, if you can't be a good example, at least you can be a horrible warning. So I think I fit in both of those categories. And um, uh, my abstinence, like, you know, all the rest of me has not been like, you know, I want to pose for pictures every day by every meal. But I haven't had to binge out of control and I haven't had to eat sugar in the form of cakes, cookies and candies now for um, 36 years. And I'm maintaining a little over an 80 pound weight loss for most of that time. So, uh, so I'm here to talk about steps 10, 11 and 12. And I'm, um, I found a lot of good stuff in the literature. I don't know if I'm gonna get to read any of it or not, but I'm gonna start off with this. Um, it's in uh, the OA 12 and 12 on page 86, where it says, in step 10, we discovered the value of perseverance in working the 12 steps. Practicing this principle in all our affairs today means we continue to do things that have brought us healing, though we sometimes wonder if we still need to, <laughs> or during times when we may not want to. Perseverance brings us the reward of continuing permanent recovery. Okay, what they're what for me they're talking about is step 10, making personal inventory. Now I've done it for a variety of ways. And at first when I read that on in the big book on like page, I think it's 85 and 86, where it talks about, you know, upon awakening in the morning, upon retiring at night, you know, and all the things we look for, honesty, you know, just you know, selfishness. And I thought that seems a tad excessive. I don't have to do that. Now, nobody consciously told me that. My sponsor certainly didn't tell me that, but I made that decision based on information from nowhere, as a good friend of mine likes to say. I don't know where I got that, but I got it. And, and I was just a terrible example of what you do for step 10. But when uh, resentments would come up, like at work, a friend of mine likes to say she works at a resentment factory, and so did I. And uh, I'll tell you, since I've retired, my resentment list has been cut way down, let me tell you. Um, now it's just mostly my husband. <laughs> so anyway, um, I would take, you know, I would do the inventory on somebody or some person, place or thing or what was really ticking me off. But I wouldn't at the, because at the end of the day, they'd say, when we retire at night, we review our day. Well, when I retire at night, I'm just roadkill. I just, you know, bed asleep okay so stuff at night was really hard it never occurred to me that perhaps i could do it in the morning <laughs> so i started doing it in the morning hey what an idea and it worked out really well and it continues to work out well and today i do do writing at night uh, a friend gave me a little booklet that you know some inner groups put out on you know when you retire at night and it says, were you resentful, dishonest, selfish? And I quit doing that inventory for a while because all I was doing was going, yes, 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 yes. Were we loving towards all? That was the only one that got it. No. Um, and, and so it's like, why am I doing this every day? It's a yes. Well, now I try and be a little more thoughtful about it and think, okay, you know, and sometimes I can remember and sometimes I can't because I really do have a brain like a steel sieve. I mean, it just stuff just goes through and I don't know. But for the most part, 10 steps have really saved me because there were people who I just hated for years. And the only reason why I didn't eat about them is because I was constantly bringing it into the program. 
talking about it, writing about it, praying about it. And 10, 11, and 12, you know, I prayed for my boss for 10 years. I mean, 10 long years of, you know, about every prayer I could think of. And I've got a, a good one that, you know, it might not help them much, but I'll tell you, man, it gave me a good laugh. I'd be walking around Lake Merritt praying and I would, I learned this at a, at a retreat and, and they said, okay, you put their name in the prayers. So God, I offer Joe to thee, to build with him and do with him as thou wilt. Relieve Joe of the bondage of self that he may better do your will. Take away Joe's difficulties, the victory over them may bear witness to those you would have him help of your power, your love, and your way of life. May Joe do your will always. And then it goes on. My creator, I'm now willing that you have all of Joe, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from him every single defect of character, which stands in the way of Joe's usefulness to you and his fellows. Grant Joe strength as he goes out from here to do your bidding always. And then you can just end it up like a little cherry on the top with, God, grant Joe the serenity to accept the things he cannot change, courage to change the things he can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I did everything to get rid of the Joe resentment. And after writing a billion of these where I could catalog his wrongs in a second, I could also write down mine, you know, where I'm character assassination. Da, da, da. Finally, one day, because I'm just like, I am so tired of this. You know, have you ever had a resentment where you want to let it go? You know, you're writing about it, you're praying about it, and it's like flypaper, man. You can't get rid of it. And finally, one day, somebody said to me, my husband, as a matter of fact, he said, why don't you inventory Joe's assets? And I thought, what? And when I did that, I realized that Joe had kept our nonprofit open in 2008 when everybody else was closed, that shutters going up on windows, and that I might not like Joe, but he was providing me with a livelihood. And once I began to see his good points, I could stop hating Joe. It was a gift from a higher power. It was grace, okay? So sometimes, you know, I, I would just say, if you got some, you know, 10, 11, and 12, Keep at it, and you just never know where the answer is going to come from. Here at a retreat, here at a meeting, read it in the book, read it in a book. And um, so today, sometimes when I'm really pressed for time, I just do the A E I O, and I can never figure, I remember what U is, but A is, was I abstinent today? Yes or no? Uh, e, what exercise did I do today? I, what did I do for myself today? Oh, what did I do for others today? And you, you make it up because I can't remember what the hell you is to save my life. So I just do A-E-I-O. But um, that used to work for me for a long time. And that's share one more and then I'll move on with this. Um, the other one was, uh, geez, what am I? Uh, first, I, I get, you know, it says admit to God ourselves and another human being. So I try and include a higher power in this, you know, higher power, please help me write whatever it is I need to write from G, God. Um, G, good, 
what happened good today? Because I don't know about you guys, but I came in here as a glasses half empty kind of gal. I mean, I could spot the flaw in anything and was looking for it. So I had to look for the good in my day. And even when it's a really bad day, if I'm abstinent, it's a damn good day. I don't care what else happens. It's a good day if I'm abstinent. So what was good? What was the glitch? Maybe one or two, you know, like I drove 50 miles out of my way to flip somebody off or, you know, those would be the easy ones. No, the, the ones that are bad are like, for me, it was neglect, being inconsiderate. I forgot to call somebody back. I didn't call them back, you know, just crap. So what was the glitch? Okay. And then I asked for grace, higher power. I need healing in this area. Show me what I can do to make amends or help me, you know, to call my sponsor tomorrow instead of two weeks from now and tell them what happened. And the last one is gratitude. Always love ending with gratitude. That's what the way I end all my all my 10 steps, because I heard that in an AA meeting, if you're grateful enough for your sobriety, there's no way in hell you'll get drunk. And I believe if I'm grateful enough for my abstinence. I have a really good shot of abstaining today. So I write down all the things that I'm grateful for. And I have, and I have lots. There's just lots. Just, you know, and, and that's good for me to remember those things, you know. Um, So that's a real brief overview of step 10. For more information, please read the OA 12 steps and 12 traditions. Also, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, where it says here, you know, we continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And and what I love in here is at the bottom, it tells us what our code is. You know, like we know we have a passcode, but what's our code? Love and tolerance of others. Never in a million years would that have crossed my mind to be that way. And yet, you know, and I was a Girl Scout. And, but, you know, this is a good reminder to me because everybody in an OA meeting is important. Everybody has a valuable contribution. Everybody has something to teach me. Okay. How much time do I have left, Lewis? I mean, uh, uh, Emily? Uh, you have about 10 minutes left. Okay, I'll be quick then. Uh, step 11 according to our OA 12 and 12 says, in step 11, we learned the principle of spiritual awareness. As we turned our attention to the practices of prayer and meditation, we practice this principle by seeking an awareness of a higher God or present in our affairs and continuing to nurture the spiritual connection through prayer and meditation. Okay. Um, I did this because I was told if it's important that, you know, in other words, I believed what it said in the big book, that if I have a certain type of thinking, I'm suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience can help. And it says it all over the place in the book, like everywhere. So if I really admit I'm powerless and I really believe that and I need a power greater than myself, over your works fine. I know many, many people with just recovery I want and they're atheists. So, and there's also tons of places in the big book where it says, you know, you don't have to have any particular religion. We're not talking about religion. We're talking about spirituality, which means broad, lots of room, 
you know, whatever you can come up with that works for you, that's just fine. And I just started with, you know, to whom it may concern and went from there. I just said prayers, not because I believe them, but because I believed you believed them. So I thought, what the hell? You know, I mean, when you're, when you're screwed anyway, I mean, why not? So I, I tried these prayers and they did help me. They did help me. And over time, I came to believe in a power greater myself. See, I believed in God. That was not my problem. I believe God hated my guts. That was the problem. And I was mutual. I hated God's too. And I had to let go, if I'm only a little bit at a time, those old ideas that I had about a higher power. And my brain is like a rusted bear trap to pry that open, to be just a little bit open to what the hear that best through um, other people's stories but I would try it you know I would meditation um, prayer um, there's a, just so much stuff to be able to say on that and all I can say is that try whatever's you know it's working for you know Jane over there okay I'll try what Jane's doing and if it works for me great I'll use it and if it doesn't then I'll try what you know, Susie over here is doing. And, and I just was open to trying because you take away the food and I don't know too many compulsive overeaters who are real happy about that or who don't have lots of feelings and resentments and anger stored up from years and years. And they all started coming up. So I need something. And so the breathing and I'll, I'll, um, I'll share with you a couple of quick things I've gotten from prayer and meditation, aside from a happy, useful life. I mean, besides that, um, and a normal body size. Um, I remember being a substitute teacher that year for my first year of teaching, I had hives over 90% of my body. That's how easy it was. So I'm driving through the Caldecott tunnel and that's a great drive when you're coming out of Contra Costa because you have this gorgeous view of the bay. And I'm beating myself up one more time you know, the tape or the CD or the MP3 that goes in that says, I'm a piece of crap. This is why, you know, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me, you know, blah, 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 blah. This is why you should kill yourself. We have a lot of good reasons and I'm going to listen for you. And then when I'm doing that with that tape, then it rewinds and I hear it over and over again. And I could never shut that voice up. And I would, I would feel demoralized and depressed and just terrible. And as a result of doing this prayer meditation, one day it occurred to me that I could shut off the tape. And it went like this. I remembered that in the state of California, it's a law that people get a lunch hour and a coffee break. And they actually, if they have a decent employer, get vacation time. Everybody, even Hitler, got vacation time. So that means I can take vacation. So I took a day where I just said, I'm not listening to you today. Everybody deserves a vacation. And even though I'm a piece of, you know, I'm going to take one too. And I did. And I found I could shut it off. And whenever it would start up, I could just say, I'm sorry. Not today. I'm still on vacation. That's five minutes left. Thank you. On step 12, 
it's it talks about service and it says just to read this real quick the prince service is the principle that underlies the 12th step is now our now guides our actions both inside and outside the program here we experience the great tooth that when we let go of our need to control people and simply allow our higher power and simply allow our higher power to serve others through us we receive an abundance of joy and strength um yeah uh i have i have started sponsoring really early on and that's not the only form of service by the way whoever set this up whoever showed up whoever did the recording service um whoever gets to the meeting and unlocks the door service uh you don't have to sponsor people but i'll tell you you're missing out on a hell of a ride um i got i think it was two maybe three hate letters early on from people i sponsored uh, because i was hard on myself and i thought you wanted perfection and so i was hard on you too and i've learned a lot of lessons from sponsorship about being a human being and about allowing other people to be a human being too and i learned a lot about love and i learned a lot about what they call in here that we don't want to talk about is sacrifice I sacrifice time i sacrifice uh, whatever and it's worth the sacrifice every time uh, sometimes I sit in a meeting and I see somebody who has a look on their face like how I feel inside and I go up and say hi to them because I understand. I'll share with you one quick story that a gal I sponsored in another program, she was one of these people that would bathe in the laundromat and put out cigarettes with her bare feet and she led a very colorful and interesting life and she asked me to sponsor her and I thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? So I sponsored her for like eight or nine years. And one day she tells me, do you know why I asked you to sponsor me? And I thought, well, surely it's the pearls of wisdom that fall from my mouth whenever I open them. And she said, you were the craziest person in the room who was actually still sober. So I figured you could handle my shit. And I thought, well, there you go. God blesses our defects of character. You know, I was pretty sure for years that the fact that I was emotionally the most distressed and distraught person in the room gave other people hope because they thought, well, at least I'm not as bad as her. So, you know, whatever state you're in, you can be of service to somebody. Giving, uh, well, when we get back to face-to-face, -face, God, please let that be whenever it happens soon. Giving rides to people at meetings, just picking up the phone and saying hello. Um, and whenever I do, I. I ask, try and remember always to ask my hair power, give me the words to say, because I have no idea what somebody else needs to hear. I really don't. But I try and listen because sometimes I'm like a racehorse hearing the bell. Have I got the answers for you? And it's like, whoa, <laughs> let me listen. So um, I just, I'm going to read a quote and it's not from the literature. So I'm not going to tell you where it's from or who said it. You can ask me afterward if you want. But it says the ultimate lesson all of us have to learn is unconditional love, which includes not only others, but ourselves as well. Now, I would flip that around and say, which includes others, but 
to me first. You had to show me what that was like for me to be able to mirror it back to you. I didn't have any, but I learned it from you. And the only way I've been able to do that is to be abstinent. That is the number one important thing in my life, no matter what. That comes before everything else, because without that, and I'm not, I have absolutely nothing to give, because I don't care about you, me, or anybody when I need them. My world narrows down to a bag of groceries, and that's my world. And so I keep coming back and keep trying to practice these steps. Practice, like they say, notice how they don't say perfect. Practice these steps and be reminded, I, I am a slow learner, but I'm a quick forgetter too. So I got to keep coming back, you know, to hear this stuff. So um, that's time. That's, and that's time. Ta-da. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>